being Palm Sunday, uh, we continue a tradition that we have of pausing from our regular uh, uh, liturgical rhythm of hearing the scriptures read and then hearing them uh, preached upon. We are simply going to hear the extended passion reading from the gospel that we've been focusing on throughout this year and will continue to do so, which is the gospel of St. Luke. So uh, congregations are less accustomed to hearing more extended passages uh, read, uh, but I continue to believe, and it has been my experience even earlier this morning, that we are capable of engaging with the Scripture and hearing it fresh. Uh, none of us have heard this uh, before on this very morning. There are people not with us this year on Palm Sunday that were with us last year on Palm Sunday. Everything has shifted. Everything has changed. So this story, which has been told now for some 2,000 years, continues to be powerful and poignant and relevant and most of all, true. It is the gospel of our salvation. So as you engage with the passage, as would have been done for the first many centuries of uh, the early church, by simply hearing it read to you, listening and taking it in, uh, I encourage you to listen actively, to see the scenes that are depicted, to imagine what each uh, scene might have looked like, and to, and to look for those places that might uh, be a surprise to you this time around. Uh, there are all kinds of ways that I think the gospel story is uh, unexpected. It is probably not something any of us would have expected, for instance, for the stalwart uh, Apostle Peter uh, to be the one who will deny even knowing Jesus three times. We wouldn't have expected that to have been Peter representing each of us, representing the church. Likewise, we would not have expected those three denials of the Lord to be canceled out in a very real way by someone trying three times to declare Jesus innocent. We wouldn't have expected that someone to have been the Roman uh, Pilate, a puppet of the Roman government. We wouldn't have expected that it would come from this leader, that this Jesus has not done anything to deserve death, but three times he says that he should be released. There's so much that is unexpected in this gospel story that draws us all in together. Uh, so we will hear it in its entirety. We will take a break at an appropriate point simply to sing a song and continue on through the end as this service, which began with the waving of the palm branches and the crying of Hosanna uh, as Jesus enters into Jerusalem, uh, continues uh, and takes a very dramatic uh, shift. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, Jesus gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink it again. I will not drink the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to him, saying, Take and eat this is my body given for you, and do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. It, it is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. 
The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them might be who would do this. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors, but you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred a kingdom unto me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, But now, if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, Jesus said. Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to Jesus and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to his disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man and healed him. 
Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts and you did not land, lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led Jesus away and took him to the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance and when there, some had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard, and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw Peter seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and she said, this man was with him. But Peter denied it. Woman, I I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw Peter and, and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, Another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him. He's a Galilean. But Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked right at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you'll disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, all met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, If I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of God Almighty. And they all asked, Are you then the the Son of God? He replied, You say that I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We've heard it from his own lips. Then the whole assembly rose and led Jesus off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be a Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted he stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee. come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see Jesus perform a sign of some sort. He plied Jesus with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there. 
vehemently accusing Jesus. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him, dressing him in an elegant robe. They sent him back to Pilate. You know, that day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they'd been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers of the people, and said to them, You brought me this man the one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and found no basis for your charges against him. Neither is Herod, for he sent him back to us, as you can see. He has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! For the third time, Pilate spoke. Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty, Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and for murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at Jesus. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked Jesus. They offered Him wine with vinegar and said, If you are the King of the Jews, save yourself. There was a notice written above Him which read, This is the King of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? 
We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The congregation may rise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew Jesus, including the women who had followed Him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now, There was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. And going to Pilate, Joseph asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down and wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb, cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes But they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. So a service that began with us doing the wave and waving palm branches and hearing the children sing takes this dramatic transition into something more poignant and difficult as we pass by the cross of our Lord in the reading of the Passion. And we're reminded as we have experienced the great swing in this liturgy this morning that our lives are much the same. We move from joyous celebrations to times of sadness and sorrow and darkness. And so uh, the good news uh, is, among other things, that in those low moments, in those darkest of times, that Jesus is there uh, to walk with us through the valley of the shadow even of death. So this story, while it can feel dark and defeating, is, is one of, of depth and meaning and, and gospel, good news. So everybody depicted in the painting that Pastor Paul Oman did for us during our Good Friday service a couple years ago. Everyone is by this death redeemed, including you, including me, the soldier, 
the Roman soldier who declares that this truly was a righteous man, Joseph, who is there to receive the body of Jesus and place it in a tomb, Peter, who's somewhere in the background running for fear of his own life with the rest of the disciples, is there. The faithful women who do not care for their own lives more than the life of their Lord. And as far as we know, remain nearby praying, weeping, grieving the loss of their Lord and preparing to return on Easter morning to anoint his dead body out of faith and compassion. Everybody in the story by this death is redeemed. And so are we. So that we can face our own times of darkness. So that those times when we move away from the Lord and our faith is weak and we are selfish, we also, like Peter and everyone in this drama of our salvation, have been redeemed. It's why we can leave this place now and move into Holy Week, not in fear, but we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.